3: Welcome, pilots. You've tuned to the Guard Frequency because it's all good pilots know when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 242 of the best damn Space Sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, December 14th, 2018, and made available for download on Tuesday, December 18th, 2018, the last show of the year, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Jeff.
4: And I'm Ken Shadow. And we're safe from the pain in Tony's stream domain, a soul set free to fly. Right, Tony?
3: That's right, Brian. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com.
0: You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak or Facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind.
4: And if you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday nights... Then you should come over and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv slash guardfreak.
3: Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the big Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber.
0: We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out.
4: And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority 1 and Heroes Rise.
3: Priority 1 covers all things Star Trek from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at priority1podcast.com.
0: Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps. In less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets.
4: And the housekeeping is done, so let's get on with the show. What have we got in store this week, Tony?
3: In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from simulated space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, and uh, maybe some X4, and... What is that even? And No Man's Sky, maybe? And and The Outer Worlds? And and Jeff, are you still playing Fallout 76?
0: Yes, I am. Next, we'll get the news from the deep black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. Speed Port Bay, hands
2: on approach, screen, call the get technical
3: with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of Space Sims.
0: Elite, colon, Dangerous, colon, Beyond, colon, Chapter 4, colon, the one with the space creatures is live, and things are surprisingly stable. Well, they got stable pretty quickly anyway.
4: Sig shows off their feminine character side and has updated their release date for the Squadron 42 roadmap to be later than today. Hmm. And YouTube lawyers should listen to our show before commenting on video game law things. Speaking of which, Tony was right, and I agreed with him, (laughs) and he's going to be insufferable about it here in
3: just a few minutes. And we're also going to talk about other games for a bit because it's the last show of the year, and why not? So uh, let's go to the top first. Uh, I brought uh, back an old friend of ours, uh, Jace, uh, from uh, some guard frequency times and some priority one times. And So hi, Jace. How you doing?
1: Hey there you pretty uh, good. Nice to see you all. Look at this high-tech stuff. We used to have a face for radio, and now everybody gets to see it. I I know.
3: (laughs) We can all see each other's faces for radio. It's amazing. So uh, Jace came back because he's been kind of in Star Citizen a little bit. You heard me tell a story about him and Skiffy a few weeks ago. uh, And here at this last year roundtable thing, I thought it would be fun to have more voices on this, especially because I'm going to go on a rant later, and I I feel like I need more people dogpiling on me. Uh, when I go on this, you know, crazy Hulk rant. So you uh, heard him, wrote, folks. He's
1: encouraging this. Yes,
3: I am. I am. I'm. I'm. I'm actively asking for it. Uh, it's. It's my own fault. Uh, so, uh, but without further you deserve ado, it for
4: making me read that copy that you just made me read.
3: It's true. But every word of it's true. Every word of it's true. And we'll get to how that is and have audio proof of it later in the show. Be Joy. great. Joy. Okay. Joy. Yes. yes. it so good. So good. Okay. Uh, but first, uh, Elite, because uh, the beta patch turned into a real patch, and uh, uh, we played it. Uh, I played it, and it looks great, and it played pretty great, except at the beginning when no one could get in, uh, but they had a little bit of a server uh, issue right when they, uh, when they dropped the patch just from usage. Uh, no one could get into the adjudication server. So you couldn't start a session, which was a bummer on your release date, but this is how things go. They did get it corrected within a few hours, and once you got, once I got in, it was pretty smooth. Um, was I that a seen.
1: capacity issue or was it a server yeah. issue?
3: Well, I think I think it was a capacity issue because it, it, the, everyone was hitting the server at the same time to download the patch, and I think they're probably using the same pipes to connect to their um, their world servers or you know their, their game servers. So it, it see once they either spun up more nodes or something, or people stopped downloading the actual patch. Uh, when one of those two things happened, or a combination of both, people were able to get into the game and, and have a stable session.
2: Well, I had a hard time at the beginning, but once the uh, once it came back up, it still said server issues detected, but I was able to get in and play, and I didn't have any problems getting booted out. But I locked up once, which was weird for me in Elite. I never have it freeze; it yeah. actually froze. Uh, mm-hmm. but it only happened once and I didn't have any other trouble. I, I did uh, when we're talking about we're talking about the technical aspects of the patch. there must be some new options. I hadn't noticed them before in the VR settings about VR quality. Um, and I'd had my settings set up for a while, so it's possible that I just hadn't noticed them, but I think they're new for the patch. Um, and the difference in quality is just amazing. There's a, a slider that lets you set specifically VR quality separate from their uh, super sampling. Um, and oh. I'm really seeing a big difference from it. So whether that's new or not, I can't say. But if you haven't seen that and you're in VR, check it out. Big time difference.
3: Quality of life-wise, uh, they've made a couple of changes, but the visual changes are kind of striking. I yeah. noticed that they updated the hyperspace jump. You, you, you fly through this tunnel for a little while, and then all of a sudden, pop, there's a star. And you're like, oh, crap, I got a better move. But now they they've it's a very subtle difference, but you can actually watch the star blow up in your face now it's like it yeah. starts as a point and it zooms in so it feels more like you're decelerating and, and just about to hit the Sun uh, but I it's that's it, 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 pretty fantastic um, they have a couple of uh, there there's only if there's been a few complaints that I've seen on the reddits and the forums about stuff not working one that thing that I that I noticed assassination missions don't work very well anymore you're supposed to fly into a system and then honk And your target's supposed to show up near a planet, and I can't get that to work. It makes me very sad, because I like to blow things up. So, Frontier, if you could fix that for me, I'd really, really appreciate it, because I like to blow
2: things up. Uh, But other than that, it's been pretty good. It's just been a great patch. Finding things is awesome. It's been really great to find things, except one thing I haven't been able to find. I set a course for uh, HIP 15310. And there are some uh, Q-type anomalies found there they're supposed to be in uh, what's a Q type notable- anomaly Henry have you not seen those? They are tiny little glowing balls that will attack your ship when you get close to them. I thought oh. you were gonna say it's it's
4: tiny little John <laughs>
2: That would be awesome you know what they uh, but they're, they're these tiny little orbs and they exist in the nebulas and things where the uh, like the the Lagrange nebulas, And where those crystals are. So even if there's no nebula there, the crystals are there and you can find these uh, little balls of light, these Q-type anomalies. I haven't been able to find them. I've seen a ton of videos and I see that they were found in that uh, HIP system I mentioned, but I'm not finding them. I've been flying around for like an hour before the show trying to find them within one of those two notable stellar phenomenon regions in that system. So the codex says they're there. They're supposed to be there, but I can't find them. If you're looking for that kind of stuff, they're right in the bubble. I mean, I think I got there in three jumps with my forty light year ship, so it's close. That's one thing
3: that I think they've done with this patch. They there it's it feels more crowded now. Yeah, uh, even just flying around our home system, where prior to the patch is just well, you know, you go to the station, and if you want a bounty hunt, you go to the the gas giant, and if you uh, want to um, trade or something, you can land at on one of the little planets or mine. You can you can. Um, uh, drive around an SRV, but now you fly and there's signal sources everywhere. you you it seems like you're running across them more often. They're persistent now, so they don't just disappear. They stay there once you've once you've observed them. So things are there's more things just around, and you can go do any of them. There's new stations there where you can go and uh, find trouble. Uh, I tried those and they're hard. They're the scenarios. This is the first time I felt pressure in just PVE. In literally months or years, really? um, I took yeah, I took my big ships in there and nearly got my ass handed to me.
2: What is this um, scenario again?
3: So you go, you jump into uh, there, you jump into these. Uh, there's either stations and sometimes there's mega ships. The mega ships are going to go from all s- oh, those. To system. Yeah,
2: yeah, I haven't been to one of those yet.
3: You go there and you just hang out for a minute, or you can kind of speed things along. I think by scanning that's comm beacon. You know, if like you're there looking for trouble, if you scan the comm beacon, that kind of speeds things up a bit. That, that's that's my unofficial observation. I don't know if there's any. Connection to that, but it seems that way to me. Um, and then waves of ships jump in on you. I had one that was it was nine versus one uh, for wow. a little while. Yeah. Now uh, some of them were just you know cannon fodder, like you know just the lower smaller ships that are lowering. But when there's nine of them and they all yeah. jump in all at once, and there's a couple of anacondas in there that are you know deadly. Well, all of a sudden, that becomes a problem. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta prioritize. Okay, who do I have to kill first so that I don't get blown up? Do you think um, it would
2: have been as bad if you weren't in your in your uh, cutter?
3: Do you think it would have scaled? It's po- it may be scaling, but I think it's probably more scaled to your combat rank. And I'm elite, so they're probably I'm probably getting the, you know, the heavy. So uh, that's what you get. Yeah, that's what I get. Like I said, I mean, it's kind of a good thing, right? Like I said, I haven't felt, like, pressure in PvE for a long time. Even combat zones are just like, well, if they start nailing me uh, pretty hard, I just back off for a bit, throw on a shield booster, and then just wade back in, when I feel like it. And the combat
1: uh, zones have uh, had some pretty radical changes, too. They've now yes, got I sort do. of a status bar, tug-of-war type of mechanic. Right. I haven't a lot even of
2: fun. Those yet. I have done that. You haven't done that? I haven't
1: even oh, tried
3: yeah. those yet, because I've been trying to beat those stupid scenarios.
2: <laughs> it's a lot of fun. The, yeah. uh, have you you've done a lot of those combat scenarios, Chase?
1: Not a lot. Not a lot.
2: Have you noticed the audio where they where they talk? To oh you yeah,
1: they actually battle. chatter. They'll tell you, "Oh, come over here and fight this guy." Need Something assistance in this area. Yeah.
2: I could be wrong, but Tony, tell me what. Tell me if I'm wrong here. I believe we're not supposed to attack like journalists on the battlefield. Don't we have protection for them against that in war? I think those are supposed to be secondary objectives. Right like, but the yeah. objective's being to attack a reporter to stop them from reporting on the war that seems <laughs> like it's against some kind of I think rules. that's
3: probably back and forth right that's like one side and I'm not sure how they're going to how the background simulation is going to decide that one side of the uh, combat zone is probably going to try to blow the reporter up and oh, the yeah. other side's probably going to try to protect him and that's it's going to depend yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's in, it's this is it's the propaganda war just today just today at Anseith, our our wholesome cooperative, our you know our hippie based, um, you know liberal lefty, you know uh, uh, bleeding heart cooperative, wanted me to jump over a few systems and blow up the turrets on a prison ship. <laughs> like you know, I mean, wait, wait a minute, hold on a second here. What, maybe we're a little hippie-ish, but we're not law, you know, anti-law and order guys
2: here. I like just feel bad trying to a shoot a guy ship. with a camera that's trying to just take pictures of the scene. I feel like there should be protections for them on the battlefield. There should be some conventions against that.
3: Now, see, you, you, your, your attitude's all wrong here, Henry. That guy's a propagandist. See, your side has the journalist. <laughs> that's exactly what they said. They're, guys, yeah.
2: In the battle, they said the journalist is here. We have to protect them. And later, they said we don't want their propaganda uh, uh, getting out against us. It was It see? was exactly said like that.
3: Yeah. Um, see. So, it's but like, yeah, I mean, the, the speech it, is
2: really cool when you're in yeah, this. And the flavor
3: is nice too. When I was at the scenarios, is the scenarios, they're like, oh my god, they're after our power converters. We're gonna be crippled. I mean, it's just like they're like, hurry up and blow up these ships so they don't cripple our vessel. Yeah, it's mean, cool. It,
2: you, you, I, don't have, I have to, you don't
4: have time to think about the fact that you just become a war criminal for killing a journalist.
2: It, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
3: let's talk about the concept of war criminal in the 3300s. I mean, it's really squishy. I mean, <laughs> whose system is in, in the jurisdiction and is the minor faction the one that's fighting in the combat zone? I mean, is it really a prosecutable offense at this point? You know, it's so tricky. It's almost like you need a space lawyer for that.
2: Yeah. Maybe <laughs> we can find one on YouTube. <laughs> if, we Googled, if we YouTubed it. Maybe we can if find a you space YouTube lawyer. It.
4: He'd probably get it wrong anyway.
3: He probably would. We'll cover that in just a minute. We're getting there. Oh yeah, we're getting there. Um, But uh, a couple other things. Just wanted to to cover real quick. I don't know if we ever mentioned this in the lead up to it, but one of the things they did with this new exploration stuff that Henry was talking about earlier is that everyone gets the uh, the scanner for free now. Mm -hmm. You get that. You get that uh, base. That's that uh, discovery scanner. It's not the discovery scanner. What do they call it? The FSS. Yeah field survey something i don't know full system scanner I think. there you go there, there's an f in there somewhere full system scanner you get that for free because it, it's part of your ship now so you get a, if you had those in, uh, uh
2: equipped on your vessel you have a free slot now oh and so, it makes
3: the crate sweet i know because i can put a docking computer on it now
2: i put a refinery in it so while i'm out i can grab cool stuff why would you do that? Why well, would you a put a one docking one computer? Because I want to go. I want to have an all-around ship that does everything, yeah. and I can take this out now. I can explore with it. I've got sixty light years. I can refine minerals if I mine something. I actually have a mining laser and an abrasion laser. I have uh, cargo. I think I've got like twenty-four cargo. Um, so I, it's not much, but it's something I can play with all the toys with one yeah. ship.
1: I've yeah, also got Tony a. Tony has a docking computer an on his Sidewinder.
2: You know what? I put a a docking computer on the Sidewinder because all I use it for is to fly from one base of ships to another.
4: You guys really Um, need a docking computer? I mean, I suck at Elite. The (laughs) one thing I can do is dock. It's not a big deal.
2: For me, the docking computer is about setting it to dock. I stand up. I tell it to dock. I'll I'll look out the window. I'll stand there and watch them dock. You know, it's it's really immersive. It's great. Um, And it's really cool to watch, you know, your ship coming down and you're not touching it. You're standing there by the window. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, It's a lifestyle thing. I didn't use one for hundreds of hours, and then I finally just put it on all my main ships because I got tired of it. Like, <laughs> I mastered the docking gameplay. I had nothing else to prove to the station. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, guess. Exactly. I have I have reached elite in docking. When yeah. I started feeling that way,
2: I started turning flight assist off, oh, and then God. I stopped doing that because I, st- I I was like, "Well, I've only got six million dollars left because I crash every other time, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna turn it back on before Tony has to come and like lend me a thousand credits." It's crazy.
3: So- Well, let's talk about credits now, because we haven't even touched mining yet, which uh, I don't do a whole lot of. Shiv likes to do a whole lot of it. And that's going to be super profitable now, because a lot of the commentary right now is, holy God, I'm rich. Mm -hmm. Um, Because once you start cracking those asteroids open, some of the individual units in there are worth literally millions of space bucks. So and i this is this is the fun side effect of this i sent kinshadow a link earlier today about how guess what you can pirate stuff in elite now and actually make a lot of money <laughs> off
1: of it well you know uh, i noticed that there was a there was like a half a dozen threads about how great mining is on the front page of the elite subreddit and one it's like mining piracy is great now
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> cuz the guy just basically pulled down npc cargo ships with these big holds on it and just started Sucking cargo out of it, you throw a hatchbreaker limpet at it, and it goes and attaches to the bottom of the guy's cargo hold, spits out eight cargo units at a time, and if they're worth eight million bucks a pop, you just made yourself sixty million space bucks <laughs> just by yeah. shooting a hatchbreaker limpet at the guy. It
4: that sounded, awesome. it sounded, it sounded pretty easy.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, and, and well, and, and it part, of, and it's fun too because I say all you got to do is pull down, the, but you you. You find a guy that's got a refinery equipped. You find an NPC that's got a refinery equipped. So you got to scan. You got to look around. You got to interdict him. So you got to pull him down. Then you got to uh, disable him a little bit so he can't run away from you. Then you attach the. Cra- so there's a whole thing of it. But the payoff is big. And that's the difference. I mean, the whole the piracy mechanic really hasn't changed. But it's just that the payoff is so much better now that people uh, who can get good at doing this will be rewarded for their playtime and for their expertise. That's new and exciting! Oh my god, Elite's balancing the rewards to compensate for the expertise and time you put in to make it to be good at it. <laughs> it's you know a, the concept is blowing people's minds. So Terrifying! We're all excited. We're all excited about
2: it. It's like Elite just became a full game with all the features we needed. <laughs> we've got factions. We've got uh, squadrons. We've got exploration tools. We can actually mine and yeah, yeah. everything's getting there. They, you know, that's they, great.
3: This is kind of a game changer patch in a lot of in a lot of ways. We haven't even talked and we haven't talked about the background simulation yet either because my failures at the uh, scenarios or had a little bit of an impact on our faction status. I could there was a difference when the I think it goes twenty four every twenty four hours. I screwed up a bunch of the scenarios and we dropped like four percent in the system influence.
2: Valis like, is going to be pissed. No, shit. she's yeah. going
3: to be mad at me. But you know I, I have to hold my hand up. Sorry, that's my bad. That was on me. <laughs> uh, that was on me. Uh, but uh, but yeah but it, and uh, but fortunately it has not changed our happiness state because in the in the in the system management you see happiness and we are happy which is the happiest. So nice. Skiffy pointed that out. We have our happiness is happy which is the happiest. So we have <laughs> that going for us, which is nice. Uh, so very excited about all the things that are changing in Elite. And uh, well, I'm happy that they're happy.
2: You I'm should happy come. Our happy is the happiest happy you can have. Uh, that that how could you how could you be happier you just couldn't
3: you just, just conversations make me feel a little
1: slap happy
2: <laughs> so but
3: i'm serious i'm serious. can you, we got i had to get you in there and just and we ought to pirate because i'll show you how to pirate and i think you'll like it because it's Shh. kind of fun to pirate let's do it's, it it's kind of fun i will pirate my f- cobra yeah we, you can the pilot the cobra is a good pirate ship uh it's fast and you can catch stuff. and so um but we here at Guard Frequency call it uh, what? What was your term earlier? Uh, uh, extraditional cargo rape, repatriation. I can't remember. You had a good huh. phrase for it. But yeah, that's how. Uh, oh that's what yeah, we're call non uh,
4: non voluntary <laughs> non voluntary cargo. Uh, anyway,
3: yeah, I don't yeah, remember. something like that. That's what we're gonna call it instead. That's what we'll call it instead.
4: So 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 dual universe. Let me do that real quick. Uh, it's the alphas dropped for a bunch of people that were in the Kickstarter and stuff. Unfortunately, uh, number one, I, I had problems launching it, but there's an NDA as well. So I'm a little unclear about what I can I can talk about. So we'll save that until I, until the lawyers have reviewed the case and can let us know what that means.
1: Hold on, I'm checking YouTube.
3: <laughs> <laughs> don't believe anything that is said on the YouTube. Just, just don't. Do not rely... On Reddit or YouTube for your legal advice—that is legal advice. I feel comfortable giving everyone, uh, for <laughs> real. Uh, it, it, you can take that to the bank. Uh, don't rely on Reddit or YouTube for legal advice. That one—that one I feel comfortable saying. Um, but uh, it, yeah, uh, I feel—I think I feel like you could say the NDA exists and that the the Alpha exists. I think you're you're safe saying that. But right, maybe we yeah, should. Yeah, I, we I should.
4: figured as much. I, I, I should, just you know.
3: Yeah. Well, beyond beyond me clicking the launch button, I think is a little more vague. Yeah, I think we'll 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 save that for for perhaps a, a later time. But uh, Stellaris is a game that uh, had a had a big update recently. It's not really a space sim; it doesn't really meet a lot of space sim things, but it's awesome, and I like it. And I wasted a lot of time with it, and uh, it's pretty great. They had a new update to the economy that's got me and Lennon and some of the guys over at the Heroes Rise podcast. Uh, uh, sort of excited about that, so we're gonna play that a little bit. So is there anybody else a Stellaris fan here?
1: I literally just got it this week, coincidentally, uh, because when Paradox acquired uh, Harebrain Schemes, mm-hmm. I got a free copy of it for being a backer of the BattleTech uh, turn-based oh, okay. strategy game. So I I just redeemed my code. So I'll have to pick your brain about it sometime.
3: Oh. Pick away. It's it's. I, I was. I've been a fan uh, almost since release. Lennon got me turned on to it, and uh, um, they've had a couple of major updates. This is another one that sort of changed the game.
4: Sorry, the BattleTech backers got free stellaris things.
1: Yeah, yeah. It should be on your backer kit.
3: Uh, okay, I should look into that.
1: <laughs> I yeah, I missed it. That. They announced that, that we were getting it, but then the actual announcement that hey, the codes are ready was just buried in patch notes uh, okay. this summer. So,
3: all right, I
4: should look into that.
3: You you should because it's a fantastic game and I imagine you'll be a fan of, if anybody's a fan of real time strategy you know old old school four X type stuff uh, if you liked uh, those with some with some comparable games um, sins of a solar empire uh, so yeah that's that, that's exciting um, Jeff you got back index for
0: I did and and I I have a whole. Kind of mini review or, or mini, mini. Well, uh, this would be a time if you if yeah, you want to take a couple um, minutes yeah, to tell us what to you hear not. about it. Go for it. it. It's a it's a definitely an X X series game. Uh, definitely an Egosoft game. There's still a lot of of uh, buggy stuff going on. And what's different about this from from other X series games? All the other X series games, you basically start out. Um, with some type of campaign storyline, and this time they've got three different um, starting scenarios that give you, you know, a certain amount of creds and a, and a kind of ship and then just let you loose in the sandbox world. Now, there are other starts uh, that are buried in the code, and I have a couple of ways that you can open those other starts up, but uh, but officially there are uh, only three and what got me was now i i like campaign driven games and 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 even if it's like you know for a few you know hours and and then they let you loose um but they start i know i picked a start and i get get dumped and i'm looking around for the first mission giver going what the heck you know so i went back to the forums and back to youtube and found out a lot of different information that um you know, uh, you, you have to scan, you, you, you scoot along the bases or the, the stations that you, and, and you find these hidden mission givers. and Hidden mission givers? Come on. So you're uh, saying that you could use a little more guidance. Well, yeah, and the, and the tutorial system kind of, uh, you know, kind of wonky too. But overall, overall, I have to say I'm, I'm happy to be back in the cockpit. I'm happy to be using, you know, my hands on stick and throttle and uh, once you're over that,
3: just, it's, it's like elite. Once you're over that sort of initial yeah, learning curve, I've already made where you a, a, a decent
0: number mm-hmm. of credits, and I'm, you know, been, yeah. I got several sectors now uh, scoured out, and I've got several ships now. It's, uh, it's growing on me, and I think it'll be overall a very good game. So, all right,
3: all right, good. All right, well, so like, their promise fulfilled. We told you we'd get back to you when they fix the control things, and there they are. So I, I still need to jump into that myself. Uh good. Alright, so um No Man's Sky is gonna be on sale, so if you haven't picked oh that my up God. yet. It's half off, Jeff. You oh can my come God. on. I, I don't it's, care if it was free I mean, it's it even that. I don't care if
0: it was free. Well Okay.
3: Yeah, you you've got X for it. you're happy. We don't wanna make you grumpy. You should you should you should you should not. Uh, we'll just we'll leave it. We'll leave that there. The Outer Worlds, they had another uh, little press bit, another little announcement. They're trying to walk back people's expectations a little bit. You know, it's like, oh my God, it's the New Vegas in space. And they're like, it is nowhere near as big as New Vegas. So they're saying you're going to get a Fallout experience and it's going to be, you know, that same flavor,
0: but the scope of it's going to be a lot smaller. And you're talking about Kane's uh, new venture, right? The, the the Obsidian um, yeah. Studios yeah,
3: yeah Obsidian's new thing Obsidian's new thing yeah so but I mean the, I think that they're wise because you know everyone's like well Fallout 76 sucks but these guys know how to do Fallout so let's see what they're doing and they're like yeah we know how to do Fallout but it's going to be small it's gonna be
4: <laughs> My, the the thing I hope about that franchise is like you said the, the first game is gonna is not gonna be it's gonna be gonna meet people's expectations Ooh. but I, I'm hoping that it launches a whole other franchise and that we'll end up with an actual space space game in yeah. that universe because that sounds like kind of cool I like the ship like the retro yes. futuristic ship design yeah. that looks, looks like, like steampunk be cool. yeah,
3: yeah 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 and I think they're smart to say that and it's just it's I think it's just good business and I think we've we see that in some models that you start with it, the base game and you, there's there's holes in it, right? Or it's not as big as you'd like it to be or maybe it's too short if you have a storyline. But if people dig it and they want it and they will pay for more of it, then you make the next stage. You, you, know, you, you build on it in increments.
1: Well, a little bit like Rebel Galaxy with like, oh, well, yeah. there's so many space sims. Let's do a naval combat sim. And then it's yeah. like, oh, some of these space sims still haven't come out. Let's make an actual space sim.
3: Yes. Yeah. the 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 market we thought was going to be oversaturated actually has not been saturated. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the smaller games and in increments, uh, you establish a a, a a reputation for being able to deliver a decent product, have a, have a fun experience, have a nifty IP that's cool. That people dig and then you just you build on it and I think that that's that's wise so uh, well I'm still looking for outer worlds I think that's gonna be a lot of fun
0: it was interesting because uh, I watched uh, Obsidian or the uh, Tom Kane and and uh, 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 what was the other co-founder actually uh, a YouTube video of them playing Fallout 1 and talking about their <laughs> b- about their creation and how they the good old days the good old days and what they were thinking at the time and and uh. what they were doing it was a fascinating uh, video and it was just I I I really can't wait for them to to I can't wait for out, outer worlds to come come by really looks think. looks looks
3: pretty good stuff all right so, so the, the grand finale of the grand finale here we go here we go so. Feminine characters—that's really where we wanted to go with this. I mean, we really wanted to start with that, right, Brian? Uh, you you know what?
4: You joke. I can, I can, I I can, I can can hear it in your voice. It's actually (laughs) you—you
3: joking? I'm not trying to hide
4: it. But seriously, there are there are a large number of people that are very vocal about the thing keeping them from Star Citizen is the female character, and that that's coming with. The the patch that's not currently in PTU. It's 3.4 is in PTU right now 3.5 is where it comes and then they showed off a bit of that again today with um, Showing how they're they're doing the armor Refits so any armor that's available for male characters today will be available for female characters in 3.5 when the female characters are launched and March
0: March 2019 March. Yeah Yeah, 3.4 is not even ready for uh, PTU. No no 3.4 uh, is in PCU right oh, now. Oh no, I've been playing it. I have been playing it since the, the night it dropped. Oh, what
4: oh, what you're saying is <laughs> yeah. that it's
3: not ready.
0: It's a little <laughs> crashy, crashy.
3: Uh,
4: So you yeah, what so 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 the, the female character thing is a big deal. Um I know there's sure there's a lot of hollow we can say on it other than people who are really big on it.
3: I just have a question. So, really, they're not playing Star Citizen because you can't look at a girl's butt when you run around in the, in the Um,
4: You know, in no, the, no I don't think it's men that are having the problem. I mean, there you'd be surprised when there are a good number of vocal uh, women in the community that, you know, they, they play off and on. But um, some of them feel weird that they can't play as a woman. And so it's, you know. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I can't. It, it's it's hard for me to put myself in the same shoes because I, I, I do play girl characters a lot in games and stuff. Um uh-huh. But I, I, I sympathize. So um, yeah. we'll see what that does.
0: And and Tony, if you remember, uh, uh, many episodes back we talked about this, and um, you know CIG's decision to go with one skeletal model and and not right. make different uh, is still to me a real uh, a real contention because uh, not just for male female, but also different right. body sizes, different yeah. heights. And well, yeah, the, they, yeah.
4: They, they, the male female has two different skeletons.
3: Yeah, they do right, but, this go- but but designing the world around a single skeleton was a mistake. That's what Jeff was saying.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, they they've run into problems with it. Yeah,
3: yeah.
4: And the, yeah. The, the, the whole they had a big long thing. I'm calling out Dev about Dev's about changing seat height. How big of an oh, issue yeah. with that is because yeah. they've yeah. baked in UI elements, and that's a big deal because well, the female skeleton model is. Three inches or whatever shorter yeah. than the male character model, right?
0: Well, that's why, and that's what it goes back Four to my earlier, earlier combat uh, comment, Brian, because they just, uh, this was, and we talked about this many episodes ago. I, I think it was in the 110 range or something like that. CIG made the announcement that they weren't going to do different heights and body types because of their, uh, because of the difficulty. Um, uh, designing for diff- these different body skeletal types, you know, whether right. you're short and, and rounded and, and, or tall and skinny, you know, there, there wasn't going to be a seven foot foot one character. So so basically it, it blew this idea of a, of a persistent, active, uh, vibrant universe into we're all just cookie cutters of the same person literally i mean except for skin tones and facial models we're 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 all the same i mean is this what human genetics has come to
3: uh well but you'll be able to read the train signs fine because there won't be any tall people in your way when you ride the train around Lorville, you'll be—you can see what your next stop is.
4: Honestly, with the variety they have in armors, most people wearing armor anyway. It doesn't matter because if you wear heavy armor, you look like a big fat guy. If you wear—if you wear like the—if the, <laughs> you wear the, the skinny jeans armor, then you look like a like a hipster. It's all good.
1: Um, yes, I love representation. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jason, skinny hipster. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Um, but I think what happened with the female model is they probably originally tried to do a female model that had the same skeleton and it looked weird to, you know, whatever test audience that is, that is the, um, you know, Chris Roberts of, of SIG. And so they decided to, <laughs> to, to make him make, make the, the, make the, uh, the shorties shorter. And, uh, thus we have what we have. I, I don't disagree necessarily with the, the idea here. I think, um. Um, I'm a little less confident about females shipping on time or bug free in 3.5, but sure. we'll see what happens. Um, one other quick of thing I might want to mention before we get on to the heavier topics of this discussion is mm-hmm. that um, uh, I, I'm not, I haven't got into the PTQ yet, unfortunately, because there's some tenor And even when I got in, the hawk wasn't there. And so oh. I found out you had to recopy. And so I tried to recopy and it's still not done anyway. Uh-huh. Um, I uh, The Hawk, if you'll, if you'll remember, is a bounty hunting ship that was first sold, I don't know, six, eight months ago. It's actually pretty recent. Um, but they had a... Uh, they have some really cool concept art for it, and I thought the game the, the, Hawk, the Hawk looked really cool. I didn't buy one because I have I already have a bounty hunter ship, I didn't need it, but I thought it looked like a really cool ship. And I've seen a number of screenshots now of people flying the Hawk around in game in 3.4, and I gotta say, that ship looks like garbage, and <laughs> uh, I think it looks exactly like. the concept drawings unfortunately and i think it's just it's just the vision of what something looks like in a concept drawing to what it actually looks like you know when it gets a modeling game and it's flying it does not translate well for me for
2: that ship
1: i put a gif of it in our group chat yeah so
2: you guys can see it like yeah i don't know why it's so funny but it it makes me laugh when he says it looks like the concept art unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it just sounds like doomed from the beginning i don't know
4: Yeah, look at if you if you you look at if you look at the GIF. I mean, it looks like like when it's sitting on the pad and the concept art, it looks like this really cool, aggressive ship, and like that cockpit is cool, and the wings are folded up. But when it's extended and it's flying around, it just it just looks like a kind of like snubby,
3: pregnant wasp. Yeah,
4: it just looks weirdly proportioned. It
3: does.
2: What are they doing? One of my favorite. I I see it now.
3: Yeah, One of my favorite little demotivational posters ever is a guy, like, he's, like, going bald, and he's got thick glasses, like NASA glasses, and, like, a pocket protector and stuff, and he's grabbing a little hair he has left, and he's pulling it out and saying, oh, shit, you did it exactly the way I told you to. So, I mean, it's yeah. like, it you take taking it from concept to, to, to realization. Sometimes you're like, "Oh, mm,
2: no. You know what this makes me think of is Gundam. It, yeah. it does
4: have a bit. It, 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 it has a bit of, of a Gundam vibe, especially with the transforming. But the
2: but, which doesn't make any sense in the context of like a spaceship anyway. But there is atmospheric flight, so I guess it's cool. I don't know. I think it looks funny.
4: The, the atmospheric flight actually makes a big difference now. Like like if you look at the new flight model stuff, even in the current yeah. game, if you want to get on and off a planet and you have wings, you have a much easier time because you have like all that additional lift. Um, but it, it, it does use the right cockpit, you know, for the manufacturer, and it has some of the manufacturer design language, and it makes it, it makes it seem fit. And, you know, it is a space game, so you expect spaceships to look a little weirder than what you're used to. I'm just not used to this. It just looks a little.
3: So they did a really good job of doing a really bad job.
2: A swing and a miss. That's a swing all. and a miss. Sometimes you don't – sometimes it's not a home run. There are some badass-looking ships in Star Citizen. It's okay to say this one sucks, right? Because that's ugly.
4: You know, there's other ships I don't like. but This one in particular I have problems with. But the, 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 I, you know what? It is good that this ship exists because I don't want to like every ship. I don't want to say, oh, every ship is great. I want that ship. This ship is like, okay, I see that in the verse. That's variety. That's not the variety <laughs> that, that that suits my personal taste. It's tastes. variety. You know? That's great. You do you, you, know.
3: you, you, stupid pilot. You do you.
0: Exactly.
4: I, I'm going to feel really good when I blow one of those up. Right. That's what and I was, was going to sp-
1: say. I want there to be ships that I just don't like the face of, and I want to punch it. Exactly.
3: <laughs> I'm going to punch a lot of those. You found the face punching ship
1: So uh,
3: another quick hit And I'm not going to spend nearly as much time ranting on this Because I have other things to rant about uh, But the roadmap for uh, Squadron 42 Is supposed to be out today Just in time for us to talk about it And it's not They pushed it back to next Thursday And we're not going to do any more shows in 2018 So whatever that roadmap holds And whatever we think about it You'll just have to wait till next year So there's that uh, what is it that
2: you did want to rant about, Tony? Well, there's a couple things. You know in what? I first think we're, we're out of time. Let's move no, on. To that. We are yeah, certainly not. Of kind of <laughs> no. tired, and we got a lot of no. feedback. Yeah, to let's rant. go into feedback. Mm-hmm. No. Earlier,
0: I said that uh, uh, that uh, 3.4 wasn't ready for PTU, and it's not. I mean, I got it. I I, I uh, hopped in the new 600i touring. You see how I took over the show? <laughs>
3: yeah, see, and I'm going to go ahead and stop you there, Jeff, because this is this is this this we're on, we're on to the ranty part of the show. Tony, now. Is, oh, I'm I mean, trying to listen
2: to YouTube lawyer guy. Be quiet. We'll,
3: we'll start with the YouTube lawyer guy because there, there's a there's a there's a connection that I want to explore here with with that with that sort of a thing. So, um, uh, we, we the the last week we had a little bit uh, about the the new uh, order from the judge, the uh, CIG Crytek case. And of course, I I said from uh, during the show, hey, this is my shoot from the hip analysis. This you know, this is kind of how I see things are right now. And you know, uh, the, the the case has been damaged, but uh, this the ruling we just got was only on one part of it. There's still a whole bunch of things out there, but it, it this hurt this hurt Crytek. A whole bunch of other people went on the YouTube's and said, oh,
1: they're done. Crytek loses. It's all
3: over. Go home. Pack it in. The judge just eviscerated the case. I no, so uh, it, corrections have apparently been issued now. But I just like to just reiterate that uh, my shooting from the hip is sometimes better than other people's considered edited YouTube uh, things. So you heard it here first. Trust Tony. Sometimes I'm right. Tony's hip thrusts are very strong. <laughs> they are indeed, and on target. That's see. <laughs> the, the strength and accuracy. Those are that's the, the both are both are good things. Hashtag Tony was right. All right, so. Uh, but, yeah, so the, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to segue from that because I had intended to do a little bit of a deeper dive this week on that and just kind of say, all right, I've had a little more time to think about it, and YouTube people are coming out saying that, yeah, Tony was right in the first place, and I was going to have a good time explaining to everybody in five minutes or so about how right I was and how awesome that was to be me. Um, instead, what we're going to do is we're going to change focus into a different thing that, that came out, uh, CAG filed some stuff in England and in the Great Britain in the company's house uh, about their financial stuff which has me just in a dither just in a it's another tizzy kids another another tizzy so forget the lawsuit part I mean I'm we're, we're way past that now. I was right about five months ago about something and we're gonna have to talk about that now so uh, Mikey what I want you to do is uh, to hit back uh, hit the way back machine and give me some uh, sprinkly uh, uh, dreamy music here. Uh, for episode 122. Hit it. That's irrelevant to me what the law says. As a backer, as a consumer, as somebody that's paid money into the project, based on the fact that Chris Roberts is supposed to do it with his help and financing of his partner, Ortwin, with the help of his brother who's an experienced game executive, Aaron, okay, that's great. Who's this other guy? You know, who, who, Or guys, or group, or company, or whoever. Who now has a stake in the outcome of this company? And the outcome of this game. I would like to know. Am I gonna find out? Probably not. I, mean, I, I hate I saying this.
4: You. I really do. It, it pains me, Tony.
3: Go ahead. I know. I, it's okay. But I'm 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 stealing myself. I, I'm ready. I'm ready. Go ahead, Brad. Go ahead. But I agree with you. What? No!
4: Yeah, I agree Shot. with
3: you.
1: Okay. I, well. I, think
4: if, I think I think if, if I, I think uh, you know, if it is an individual, we should know who that is. And they don't have to give a specific name. I don't have to give this... Bob Smear, but if there's a private investor that's involved or if it's a company, I don't, I don't, see, I don't see an issue. I and mean, everybody else is public, so other, other individuals should be public too.
2: It's, it's, uh, it's for
1: me.
2: So, did you find out who bought those
3: 10%? Yes, we did. And no, we didn't. So, this is how that works uh, they disclosed the people who got the shares, uh, but we have no idea who those people really are. So three companies now own pieces of CIG that we really don't know for sure who they are, but we can make some educated guesses. First one's called Indus Indus Management, and we have no idea who they they are, but they're you know they're registered out of the Cayman Islands. Um, but that's who that's who's one. Another one's Erlok Limited, again Cayman Islands registry, no idea who those people are, just shell company, and the third one is. Uh, listed as infra trade but uh, we have reason to believe that it's actually infa trade not infra trade so it's either a typo or a misspelling or something that's in there so these are these three companies that are they're listed as owning approximately in total a little over 10% percent of, of of CIG now CIG England and let's make that clear too CIG UK limited so we don't know what's going on at all of the United States branch but this is what they're uh, this is what they're showing in England so we're gonna do a little timeline here, uh, real quick. I started ranting about financial stuff long ago with CIG, but the one that kicked us off was in June, uh, June twenty seventeen. They got a loan from the Coots Bank, which is the fancy bank that's the Queen's Bank in England, uh, for their tax credit, their video game production tax credit, and everyone was in a tizzy. I was in a tizzy about that. Why are they borrowing money and all that kind of stuff? So, but they that was the that sort of kicks this all off. In December of last year, 2017, they split the stock. Uh, it went from 100 shares in the company among Chris Roberts, uh, Aaron Roberts, and Ortwin Fairmouth to a million shares. Basic accounting maneuver, nothing really weird about that. They just divvied it up a bit. Then uh, December 31st was the end of the accounting period that they were supposed to report on. So everything all the financial stuff up to December 31st of last year was supposed to be reported on September of this year 2018. So that's that's a milestone there. May of 20 May 23rd of 2018 is a red letter date because that's the day that they did all these stock transactions where the new people came on board. They created 113,861 new shares that diluted everybody. So Chris, Robert and Aaron all gave up pieces of a piece of the company. Their their shares became worth less they created a bunch of new shares. Uh, this transaction was assisted by Dr. Martin Franz of München, Germany, uh, who was, note this, from 2009 to 2015, the general counsel of Crytek. And uh, he was also the director of Crytek uh, Shanghai Software Limited of China. And now, from as of June 2017 to the present, remember June 2017, the date they got the Kutz loan, he is now the general counsel of Foundry 42. So he's one of those guys that jumped ship from Crytek over to CIG. Moving on. Also during that transaction, they transferred 18,501 shares from the current directors, Aaron, Chris, and uh, Ortwin, to a different company called trade uh, InfoTrade. Then uh, well, 111,386 shares went to Indus, and then... 2,475 shares went to Urlock, And I'm getting to all these numbers for a reason, I'll tell you, and we'll come to that in just a second. And then October 23rd this year, they finally filed their accounts that were due September 30th, showing the Coots loan still being unpaid. Uh, as, so as of December 31st, 2017, still outstanding. And then uh, this year, uh, they confirmed these new stock transactions in December. Alright, so big timeline there. What's this all mean? Bottom line is, what happened? This is my those are facts. Those things I just said, those are facts. This is now my analysis. What happened was in June of 2017, they took out this loan, probably for a one-year term. And that loan was coming due in June of 2018. They had no money. They didn't have enough money to pay the loan off. So they needed to go do a share sale to Indus Management, who we don't know who that is, uh, to to cover their expenses till CitizenCon then when they started making the deal together, they figured out, well, we're not going to have enough money even to get to the closing date. So they called InfoTrade. And InfoTrade is a company that used to help Ascendant Pictures with bridge gap financing, which is, Ascendant Pictures was Chris and Ortwin's film company. Uh, Specifically, Lucky Number Slevin was the company that uh, was the film that InfoTrade helped them with. So InfoTrade is a bridge gap financier, meaning that you don't have enough money to get to your payday. We'll loan you the money until you are going to get paid, and then you pay us back when you get paid. It's a payday loan. Bridge financing is basically a payday loan. People do it in construction. People do it in film. You can also apparently do it in video games if you know somebody from the 90s when you used to do films with them. So so that's where uh, So uh, Chris and Aaron and Ortwin gave uh, Infotrade a slice of the company 18,500 shares, to get them to the big deal within management, and then Urlach is was the fixer or the money manager or the matchmaker or whatever, taking a commission off of it. Why do we care? Because there are now three people in the game, literally in the game, that we don't know who they are, what their motivations are, or why they're there, and what kind of influence they have over it. InfraTrade, probably they just want to get paid. And probably... They didn't. Uh, they they there wasn't enough cash on the table, so they had to take some compensation in shares. And because they're old buddies from back in the day, they took a piece of the company and were fine with it. In this management, I we have no idea who those guys are. And we had this conversation about Tencent buying a piece of Elite and why minority shareholding can be tricky. And at least with Tencent though, in Frontier, you knew who Tencent is and what their motivations are and where their problems might be. And so you could you could spot that. In this, not a clip no idea who those guys are so and the the bigger problem here is that you can do this trick once because you can't get loans from banks anymore because your collateral is gone you've already collateralized for coots no one's gonna buy stock in your company as a public offering because your finances aren't gonna support it and so what this was was a fire sale a private placement a private equity placement to basically help them get through the year you can do this trick once but from now on, there's, there's nothing left in the tank. If they get into trouble again, there's nothing left. If you do a private equity and that doesn't save your ass, you're done. So that's, that's, the, that's the bottom line here. This transaction is fine. It's legitimate. People do it all the time. There's, there's red flags. Obviously, Cayman Islands companies are a problem. But you can do it. But you get one shot. And they just did it in May.
2: I was kind of waiting for you to bring this to relate it to the case, but this is separate from the case. This is just all so bad. Yeah, no. Because of Franz. So this guy, having jumped shipped and play, possibly playing both sides of the table because he helped negotiate the deal... Before or was it right after? It was before, it was, right? This was, is
3: this was during. This yeah, is this is so. right around when they were gonna. This is right before. Actually, this is right before they're gonna file. This was right before the lawsuit. June 2017 mm-hmm. was right before December 2017 when Crytek finally filed the lawsuit. And it also explains. It also explains why Crytek is having a hard time making specific allegations about what Ortwin maybe did or said during the negotiations, because the guy that was literally their lawyer, their general counsel, has also jumped ship over to CIG.
2: So the guy that they were supposed to be able to trust ethically to have their back split on them and is now working for the enemy, which a lawyer shouldn't be allowed to do, I think. Well, well how, how Henry,
4: Henry, to be clear, uh, both of their lawyers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I'm, I'm asking about an ethical question with Tony because, you know, I would feel like if I was in a case with a guy. And my lawyer was like, yeah, I'm working for you, buddy. And then afterwards, he's like, all right, well, I'm going home with the other counselor and their team because that's who I, I hang with. That would I would be like, what the hell?
3: I am not going to pretend like I have, no, have any knowledge whatsoever about German law professional ethics requirements, none at all. I have no clue about what that is. There was a year, officially a year, in between 2015 and and 2017, maybe more than a year, where Franz was officially not listed as working for Crytek and officially not listed as general counsel for CIG. Maybe that's good enough under German law. I really don't know. I I don't know. But as an American... Where there's two American companies suing each other in America, or a German company using American courts in America, if I were an American judge, I would look at this and go, "That's fertile ground for inquiry. Let's hear more about that." But it also explains why they can't—they they can't say what's going on because all of the people that know are now working for CIG. So,
4: so That's to awful. be to be clear, let let the well, let's park the veil here in terms of the subterfuge. Um, uh, you know the main reason that this Crytek lawsuit's happening, in my mind, is Crytek is is mad at Sig. You know, there's some sort of personal hurt going on there, obviously, right? And they they, and they obviously want some sort of recompense for that. The primary one that that we can see is Sig is is Sig moving away from Crytek and Sig potentially po- poaching a lot of uh, employees that Crytek honestly was laying in the process of laying off anyway, right? But either way, it hurt Crytek in, in some regard because people were exiting too early. At the end of the day, Crytek doesn't like any of this, but none of this is 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 bad or sinister, you know, because I mean these people are all friends and a lot of people that were friends at Crytek Came over to Sig, and they brought all their friends with them, right? And I don't know, like the the the, the lawyer thing there. Um, it was a little weird when they were negotiating the contract, and I agree on that point. That's that's the thing that maybe they want to look into. But this other guy used to work for Crytek. Now he works for Sig. I don't think that's I don't think that's a that's a link that matters that much.
3: Let me break that down a little more. Then, so as I understand the history, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong about any of this. Ortwin was uh, outside counsel. For Crytek on a number of variety of different things, right? He was just he's he's an entertainment lawyer, IP guy, film. He knew he knew things about stuff, international stuff. Uh, this this Franz fellow was uh, Crytek's general counsel. He was a lawyer employed by Crytek to work on Crytek things. They get together, they talk, they work out some deals. You know, he he uh, Ortwin consults with them. They do some stuff. Ortwin hooks up with his old buddy Chris. Got screwed great idea for Star Citizen. Let's do this thing with the uh, the GLA. Let's 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 work this deal out. Crytek says, "Okay, Ortwin, you've been up in our business for a long time, but here's a permission slip. We're going to give you a permission slip to go work for the guy sitting across the table. You're not going to sit on our side of the table anymore, even though you have a whole bunch over the years. Go ahead and sit on the other side of the table. It's okay." So then they sit. So Orwin sits across the table from Franz. Apparently, and they hammer out this you know, GLA. Time goes on. As you say, feelings get hurt, bad things happen. Franz eventually leaves Crytek, goes out on his own for a little bit, and then joins Foundry 42. Then Crytek sues CIG. Well, both of the attorneys who are on both sides of the table are now on the other side of the table. That's a problem for Crytek. That's a problem for Crytek's ability to to, to articulate for the judge why this is a problem. Why? Why the problem? Why there's a problem with the game licensing agreement? Because both of the guys that that were supposed to be, at least, not trying to screw Crytek, whether or not they were trying to work for Crytek, that's a different story. But at least trying not to screw them. Both of those guys are now on the other side of this case. That's an issue.
2: And you don't know if they were play- if they were working that way from the beginning. Probably not. To- I
3: mean, they probably weren't at the time. But as as things have developed, it's now. It for example, I mean, for example, if the Conversation at the table was, yeah, of course. We're, I mean, we're going to be best pals forever, and we understand that an important part of the deal is Jeff falling asleep. We understand
2: that. I was waiting to mention that because we, I wanted to understood. make sure he was asleep, I wanted to be positive. We, under, we understand that that's an important part of this deal.
3: And so, when Jeff falls he's asleep, he's definitely
2: asleep. Oh, see, he's up now. That's why you got to <laughs> wait longer because if you let him wait till the whole segment, then he's out real good. <laughs> so <laughs> so,
3: the important part of <laughs> sorry, an important morning sunshine. Uh, important part of the case. Important part of the case is what was said at the table. Do we really are we having this this marriage of, of Crytek's technology with Star Citizen's IP and idea? And we're gonna we're gonna be partners with this forever and for always. And and, and you know Crytek is gonna be your champion, and we're going to push Star Citizen, and it's gonna be great. If that was the conversation, the people that had the conversation were Franz and Firemuth. Those are the guys that had that conversation, and they're both now working for CIG. But so if, it, it, none if that's if in the says,
4: contract, though, so it doesn't—it doesn't even matter, right? Unless, yes, it does.
3: Yes, it does. Because if you can allege specific facts, or point to emails, or point, or, or, or get an affidavit from somebody, or depose somebody under oath, even if they're hostile to you, and get them to admit these things, yes, both sides understood that the when we say promote, we mean the splash screen, and we were going to be best pals forever. If you can get people to allege these facts, it's possible, not a lock because of various contractual rules, parole evidence and all kinds of things. But it's at least possible to allege these things. And because of this sensitive position that the two lawyers were in, it seems more likely to me that you're going to get that in in front of the judge or in front of a jury. So this explain, this whole transaction, this whole financial transaction and what's going on with it and Franz's involvement in it it says a lot to me about why they're having they're having trouble in the case it says a lot to me why they're having a difficult time alleging the facts that the judge needs to see and then the sale of course means that they are in, in trouble they're in trouble the the you don't do this if you're if money is is flush now they've had citizencon and supposedly that was great so maybe they're out of trouble now they can buy these guys out or something or, you know and they got plenty of money in the bank for 2019 that's
4: yeah, possible yeah is but never they were in trouble C C is in never trouble operated in a manner in which in which says they're in trouble right now you know it, it, it you the way you operating our public face and the way that you uh what your actual cash flow is can obviously be wildly different but for instance they spent obviously oodles on citizen con and maybe that was that was just too yeah. expensive for them to, to handle out of pocket before they got the money back from it or whatever they should so, have
2: charged for streams man
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I could have have made some yeah. money on that no, one. No, no, guys, remember the timing. Remember the timing on this. They closed this deal in May. They got paid. They had cash in as of May twenty third, so they could pay for CitizenCon or at least part of it out of pocket. But they had to hit it big at CitizenCon in order to continue operating.
4: But the, the money, the, you know, if assuming that the crowdfunding graph is actually true, and I know people which have. I do not. Yeah, people have people have issues with that crap. Um, mm-hmm. in theory they made about as much they made about as much money as they made last year, just a little bit more so
3: far. And that wasn't enough because they were in trouble as of May 2018.
4: And they currently are they currently have like 100 positions they are
2: actively recruiting for on their website.
3: Right, because it costs a lot of money to put up a help wanted sign on your website and then not hire anybody for it.
2: Oh, so you think that could be a front to make them look better?
3: It's not a front. They maybe actually do need these people, but they just can't afford to hire
2: them. Oh, so those would be advertised but not acted on. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's a possibility. That Again, seems, that seems a bit of a
4: stretch for me.
3: You know, I okay. don't know. I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you flat out this is this is, this is is supposition. However, I think these are reasonable conclusions to draw from the facts I have at hand. You don't do that transaction. You don't sell 10% of your company to a random Cayman Islands group unless you need cash and you need it now.
2: But why would that company want to buy it if they were in trouble? Why wouldn't they say, "Screw you, I'm not yeah, going to buy into Yeah, that's a great question, that. Henry. Why would you do
3: that? Yeah, that's yeah. a fantastic question. Who would who would be stupid enough to do something like that? Right. Unless you were going to get that outsized reward relatively quickly.
2: Meaning what? I don't understand. Like say maybe like maybe say, if we
4: had like a roadmap to when that money
3: would be coming on Thursday, ish, ish, or maybe or maybe you say, "Look at our look at our history from for Citizen Cons." We get a whole big slug of money in at CitizenCon. Guess what? You're going to get shares, and you can have a piece of that slug of money. They're
4: their, their, their payday is Squadron Forty Two. Let's not let's not beat around the bush anymore. For people that might not be in the know, right? That's where they're going to get all of their money from, because people Fingers will crossed, actually. Man. I mean, wait, we you you look at like the number of quote unquote backers on their website, and you look at the amount of money they pull in. It is a small. Fraction of people that actually spend like the insane money on the game, right? Right, the whales. Uh, you know, there, there's, so, there's yeah, a bunch yeah. of whales, and then there's like, there's just a whole bunch of people that are are not quite the whale whales. It all depends on your definition of whale. But right. the, but the idea here is that it's you know maybe maybe a quarter of like the, the citizens using the website probably way less have more than the the starter ship, right. And so, I would agree with that. and a lot of those people that even have the Starship don't have Squadron Forty Two, right? They just bought Star Citizen, and maybe they'll spring for the fifteen bucks for Squadron Forty Two. So there's like this massive inbuilt market that just hasn't even been hasn't even been tapped Fingers yet wrong. with this 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 single player game. In theory, not only that, the single player game they've said in the past will be t- eventually ported to consoles. And once it's released on PC, then the clock starts there too, and that's a whole other big pot of cash.
3: So, and. I, uh, the, uh, this is perfectly reasonable speculation and and fits what we know tier 2 but the uh, but the question then is okay they've sold this company they've sold this to this third party company that we don't know anything about on perhaps Brian's plan right you know here's here's these milestones here are these expected goals in which we will receive chunks of infusions of cash they've so CIG so yeah, is now committed to doing these things within these timeframes and what happens if they don't hit those goals within those time frames? Right. What happens? I, that's a great question. It's almost as if they've bought themselves a publisher that is going to make them stick to the timelines. Now, there's good things about this and bad things about this. Good things are they may be a little more disciplined about hitting those time those, uh, those milestones. That wouldn't be necessarily bad. No. One of the things we've been saying for a long time is that Chris needs somebody ride and herd on him. So maybe this is good. On the other hand, if you don't hit those milestones, well, the pain starts because much like your local friendly neighborhood loan shark, private equity people do not like it when you miss your deadlines. So there could be consequences for that. And I'm really curious to see what those consequences might be. I'm never going to see it. We're
0: never going to see it. But I'm curious. I'm curious for far different reasons. <clears throat> Why are you curious, Jeff? I- I'm looking at a, a company... That has, allegedly, the largest crowdfunding <laughs> um, uh, of any any crowdfunded anything anywhere that I that I can see. No, they're in the
4: Guinness Book of World Records.
0: Yeah. Oh, my son has a copy of
3: it back when they were like at $65 million. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. here we are, over $200 million.
0: What the Legendary. heck have they done with it? $200 they've, million. Dollars. They've spent it. Well, you know, I mean, they, I mean, I mean we unfortunately, and we
4: haven't seen like half of the project, to be clear. So how much yes, of Squadron 42 true. have we
3: seen? Very, very little. Nothing at all. Yeah.
4: Well, no, we have a trailer. We saw a little
2: bit. It's yeah, a, there there was there's some nice cool stuff that came out this year. a nice trailer out there.
4: And you saw the Moro Tour and things like that. So there, they have showed some stuff. But it was very little. Okay. So the, when you say, you know, what have they done with that, a lot of that money? We've only seen the, the Star Citizen Persistent Universe side. You know, we haven't seen whatever percentage of assets that are really in Squadron
3: 42. Right, we don't know what they've built but we know that it's gone I mean, it's gone. You don't do this transaction unless you are out of cash
2: Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean,
3: we don't know we don't know where it went, but we do know it's gone.
2: I'd be willing to bet that it was all spent on that space worm we saw in 2016 (laughs) well, that means the space worms around somewhere and by god we need to see it again I haven't I mean, seen it since then though <laughs> and that was such a big ex, a big expenditure in time and it was such a big deal and then I haven't seen it since
3: in the grand scheme of things uh, building an asset like the the sandworm I mean it might have been a diversion or a waste of time but I mean I arguably joking. I know but I mean, I'm I'm not going to it, arguably that was a use of the company resources that that could be recycled and reused later on so it's not necessarily a waste or anything but what the but the, the question is now what happens if you if they get into trouble again because I, I don't the pattern that i see here is that they had trouble last year so they were they had to get a loan from coots until their uh, uh, money came in from the crown from their tax rebate for video game manufacturing and then they couldn't pay that loan off how much in time. was that loan tony i think 3 to 4 million bucks or maybe 3 to 4 million pounds so maybe 5 million bucks what it's it they they got an advance for basically their anticipated loss uh, for game development within Britain. So I mean it's 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 part of their program. I believe the amount was three to three to four million pounds, and so have been five million bucks. So they still had an outstanding balance of it according to their financials at the end of 2017 of 1.5 million dollars. So or 1.5 million pounds. Okay, so, so they, they
4: they've paid off part of it.
3: They paid off part of it, but they couldn't. They didn't have enough cash to finish it, or they didn't have enough cash once they paid it off to continue operations. So they had to do a deal where they sold 10% of the company to to to, to continue operations, at least till CitizenCon. And then once they had that deal sort of ironed out, because that was planned at the end of 2017, because that's when they did the share division stuff. So once they had that all worked out and had the kind of the deal set up and had the closing set, then they found out they couldn't do it. They, they couldn't make it even to there, so they had to get bridge financing from their old friends at Infotrade. So... Everything about this screams to me cash flow problem, cash flow problem, cash flow problem, and it is recurring because it happened the year before when they got the loan from Coots. It's happening again this year, and they're doing more desperate deals. The Coots thing is probably a great deal; it's probably fine, prime percent, prime plus two, whatever it was. This is not a good deal. This is a worse deal because they weren't—they were still under their Coots deal. Right? They had nothing left. To, they had nothing left to collateralize. So this. This is red flag, alarm bell stuff, and I don't know a lot of the things. I I've, I told you what I, what the facts are, and I'm telling you, you know, there's there's separate things here, the conclusions I'm drawing, but they're pretty solid conclusions. And I and if someone wants to argue with me and uh, uh, Brian, I mean you know Brian's right about his stuff too. I mean it is not wrong. I mean it, it's these are transactions that happen all the time, just not in the context of a crowd funded video game where we've allegedly given 200 million dollars for these people to build something over six years
1: and a couple things sort of that I noticed listening to both of your guys information and one star citizen you know even if we were assuming they have only crowdfunded part of what what they claim is so far above the number two and number three like almost 20 fold it's on a whole other scale so it can't even be really compared so we really are in uncharted territory like Tony says in a sense because nobody else has really gotten more than $12 million, and most of them are nowhere even near that, even in the top 10. But that timeline is right about when we started getting serious delays with not a lot of information about Squadron 42. So I think that does that point also- to them expecting that to be their their next big infusion of money, because we, we were supposed to answer the call 2016, then they do the, um, the British loan situation in 2017 and then now 2018 so I I think a lot of what of how I process this the this the gaps in between the facts is gonna have to do with the roadmap so I I think
4: okay there's a couple of things to unpack there really quick so um, on the like like they're not really competing with anything else in the crowdfunded space So, when you're looking at budgets I don't think it's appropriate necessarily to compare them. Um, you want to really compare their budget versus other AAA titles, right? So if you're going to get. And, and in theory, also, these are supposed to, be, supposed to be two games, but we'll just consider them one for the sake of this budget, <laughs> right? And um, for the
3: sake of the Crytek lawsuit.
4: Right. So you want to compare them to, say, <laughs> uh, you know, like Bungie, you know, or you want to compare them to like Rockstar video game style
1: uh, budgets, right? Which sure, are, but they have a different funding stream, which is why I do compare them in some ways. So, so like gotta, comparing them to another AAA game developer, that's there's a way in which that's apples and there's a way in which it's not.
4: In terms of like, you know, development costs is what I'm trying to say. Like sure. the amount of money you're gonna have to pay to the amount of developers to get the thing out the door, it's gonna be in the same ballpark. Yeah, and yeah, we're totally. still and I think, you know, when people say two hundred million, it's a lot of money, that's 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 still in the right ballpark for what those guys are paying. They're paying more, but they have other and they have other, other issues there too. Um, so again, you can't do necessarily one to one, but but anyway, the hundreds of millions of dollars is not, not out of the out of the idea here. Answer the call, Squadron 42, 2016. Um, I have another theory about why that, that that date was not hit, and I don't think it's necessarily in line with a um, it's necessarily in line with the idea that you know they were short on funding or something like
3: that. Because Well, we're just speculating here, so go for it.
4: Yeah, so that timeline is about the same timeline that they actually announced. They, they, they acquired a bunch of Crytek resources. And it's also about the same time that they, they unveiled a number of their uh, game PU-changing technologies in terms of the procedural planets and a variety of other things. And I think in 2016, you know, where they figured they would be wrapping up, they changed the scope of the game. And it's not a good thing necessarily. It depends on, depends on the point of view that you're coming from here. But they changed the scope of the game both in terms of, for the for pretty much the last time because this is, they, because it's such a monumental change. Allegedly, <laughs> but I mean, no, I mean, like they, they they doubled the scope of the game, and this is not not a. Um, oh, that's, that's not that's an true. underestimate.
3: I'm just right? saying. Allegedly, this is the last time they're going to change the scope.
2: <laughs> and actually it'll be the last time they'll change the scope if they're out of money <laughs> <laughs>
3: but that, I think they'
1: changed too. the scope of squadron 42 at the same yeah, time. yeah and I agree I was not at, at all meaning to suggest that squadron 42 was delayed by a lack of funding but rather that the delays of squadron 42 seem like they're linked to why they might have had financial issues if if we're reading this correctly.
4: yeah no oh, okay I see what you're saying so if they had if they had not changed the, the scope of squadron 42 and just released, the first version, then they would have uh, potentially had, enough, potentially gotten a lot more money. Awesome. Um, I, I think I think the the, the the calculus here is that they're counting on Squadron 42 not only to be the big money puller in, right, in terms of um, the win-win in terms of PC and 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 console. But I think it's also, like, the prime advertising that they're going to have for people also buying Star Citizen, right? right? Because they're separate products now.
1: A lot's going to hinge on the reviews,
4: totally. So Exactly. So they have to, they they cannot underhit with Squadron 42 where the company is is dead, or Star Citizen is dead in the
0: water.
3: Right so our guess is based on all this stuff is that this delay of a week is so they can absolutely wow us with a definite release date of Squadron 42 and a feature set and a, a vertical slice trailer and everything coming out of the gate because they got investors to satisfy now. That's why Well I
4: no no it's going to be a Microsoft project on their website. Um, no,
3: no, 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 <laughs> no, they're no, not no, gonna, no! They're
4: not releasing another Squadron Forty Two trailer. Don't, don't
3: hold your yes, breath. Yes, they on are. That. They no. absolutely are, dude. Uh, and I, I, I'm being, I am being very serious now. They have to nail something here. They just released they got... a
4: Squadron Forty Two trailer. They don't need another one. They just need, yeah, they they need to tell us when the or, damn thing's coming okay, out.
3: Okay, fine. A, a release date and a vertical slice and a, a walkthrough or gameplay, something. I mean, they they need they need to show that this thing is live and happening and on its way. Because they have people looking over their shoulders now who are looking for a payoff, and that's that's worse than a publisher in my opinion. But that's what they've got. That's what that's what they've got now. And that's my that is. I think I think those people
4: probably got sent stuff in the back channel. I think what we're getting this week is not that grand, but maybe I'm wrong.
3: Well, no, I think because like you, I think like Jay said, it's going to depend on what the reviews say, and what you said, it's going to depend on the the advertisement and the hype and all that kind of stuff. They've got to hit the hype. And they got to start it now. Yeah. It's, not, the, it's not
4: coming out. <laughs> it's not coming out in six months. It probably, oh, it might, it it probably my guess, my guess, finger in December the air is
3: like, you
4: know, twenty early 2020 is my guess.
3: No, okay. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Q1, two twenty, Q4, I, I, 2019. q yeah. yeah. It, it has All to right. now. It has to.
4: There, the launch party, they've already set a date for. Like, this, Sandy was talking about it at CitizenCon walking around. The launch party is December 2019.
1: Okay,
3: there you go. Right, and that, and, and CitizenCon happened after this deal went down when the investors told them, "Here's when we got. Here's when our payday's coming." Yeah, no, I I buy that complete. I buy that one hundred percent. So Squadron Forty Two is launching for Hook or for Crook, for good or for ill in December twenty nineteen. That is exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, well, and that's what they're, they're going to announce. Next um, I, 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 I say
4: I say Q I say Q one twenty twenty because I'm a realist.
3: <laughs> I say December night. I say it's December twenty nineteen because. They've got somebody looking over their shoulder now, and they're going to hit that date whether they like it or not. Christmas 2019. They ha- they're going to hit that date whether they like it or not. And everything they've ever said about waiting till it's good and making sure it's all right for it, all down the toilet at this moment. Gone.
4: Yeah. So, again, yeah. No, so, you know, the, to be clear, you know, I've talked to a number of people in SIG, and these, like, that game has been, quote, unquote, done for a very long time. But like they they keep again, because they keep changing scope and they they haven't finished all the bits of art, they have so many placeholders in that storyline right now. Uh, but it's been a playable thing from beginning to end for years at this okay. point.
3: So there's no reason to delay it anymore. And if you show that to a bunch of investors, they're they're gonna expect you to hit a December twenty nineteen release date. Yeah. December twenty nineteen. <laughs> I'm saying that right now, I'm hoping, it'll be release, you know, it released on Tuesday. Air, you know, I'm yeah. hoping. It, it, this this show release on Tuesday. The show release on Tuesday. We'll have the roadmap quote quote roadmap on on Thursday the twentieth,
2: and we'll find out. We'll find out who is right, and who is dead. You want to really put your money where your mouth is, Tony. Let's make the show title December twenty nineteen. Let's do it for this uh, this week. Let's do it. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> Love it. Let's I don't do think it.
4: that's a. I don't. I don't think that's a big. Uh, I don't think that's a, that's a, that's super You're that's uh, super gamble.
3: You're the ones being squishy. You're the ones saying 2020. Oh, I do like say 2020 because it delays everything. <laughs> 60 days, everything for 60 that's, days. that's, that's yep. Tony's yeah. point <laughs> is that you that's can't delay
2: yeah. it anymore. It's not possible anymore. I don't. I, 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 been, I, I don't know
4: what's what was was not possible. Yeah, well that's that's, that's, that's
2: what Tony was trying to explain is that he has an idea of what they look like because of the situation, uh, and from that he decide he is. Determine that most likely they can't push. Tony's
1: her. experience with professional leg breakers leads him to believe that they can't delay <laughs> further.
2: That's right.
3: That's yeah. right.
1: That's right. Yeah. Tony, uh, Tony, uh, we,
4: Tony's
2: experience with conjecture
4: ass talking has, has put this even <laughs> more even more. You know, <laughs> actually, this
2: is all stuff Tony learned from watching YouTube.
3: <laughs> 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 all right. Well, Mikey's gonna kill us, so we probably better end it right there.
0: Oh. And,
3: and now. Yeah, it, sorry, sorry, kids. That's going to wrap it up for 2018 for us, everybody. We're done. Uh, so, and now that we're all cut up on Space Sim news, let's get cut up on Space News with Galactic Public Radio. <laughs>
0: Good evening, from Galactic Public Radio on NC, I'm Spencer McDonough, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Smooth Furnace is away this week for a special report regarding the Imperial Succession controversy. Zargon Peterson released a new Mamba model spacecraft to much fanfare. The latest model shares little in common with its namesake from a century ago. However, it shares much in common with ZP's current combat offering, the Fur DeLance. A company press release stated quote, It's the fastest commercially available starship, and it sports enough hardpoints for a range of devastating weaponry. End quote. Many commentators point out that these are also the main selling points of the FDL, and Z p shareholders are worried about cannibalizing sales. An independent pilot speaking to GPR off record told us that the noon Mamba is in fact simply a rearranged FdL. It's got the same engines, the same size core components, virtually identical optionals and hardpoints, the same utilities and worse heating problems. I guess the cockpit is nicer though." End quote. The Interstellar Health Organization has given preliminary approval to the breakthrough nanomedical treatments created by Vitadine Labs. They have reportedly verified Vitadine's claims that their new technology is effective for cellular healing, disease treatment, and increased longevity. The IHO has begun its own limited human trials before issuing its final decision. Dr. Hamari Gray, an analyst with Vox Galactica stated, quote, The pharmaceutical industry is astonished that a small company like Vitadine could produce something so advanced. Professor Catron Rook's credentials are impeccable, of course, but it's a work of genius. Those nanomeds could be the most exciting thing in medicine for decades. End quote. Finally, in local news, industry and civilian groups have embraced the happy holiday hall organized by Operation Ida. While Guard Frequency Response is encouraging pilots in the bubble to deliver supplies to Barnwell Station in System UGP-145, the main effort will be focused on a Sami orbital in the Pleiades sector, JC-BD262. Carson Terminal in the kelphar System has been designated as a staging base for that effort. All pilots are reminded that this is direct relief effort is vital to the human community and anyone able to go fund it is greatly appreciated. Until the next turn of the worlds for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night.
3: Some say he suffers from a chronic fear of giants. And as yet, there's no cure for fee-fi-phobia. But I know is he's called the Shiv, and I'll put together this week's
0: feedback. A recap of last week's community questions. Tell us how you feel about launchers and platforms. Does the publisher interface influence your decision to buy a game? Are you happy with where your ships are in the pipeline? How's the Elite Update treating you? Rising from Death writes in, I'd
2: like to write again and renew my big thank you to the team of Guard Frequency, my weekly audio dose of Space Sim Entertainment. While listening to the last shows after years of subscribing to the podcast, I suddenly realized how perfect the audio quality is. I'm very thankful to the host, the news, the discussions, nuggets, RPG, etc., but today I'd like to send a big shout-out to your audio team especially. It's rare to have different speakers with adjusted volume levels so I can enjoy every one of the hosts without permanently correcting the volume. So thank you for the great show with entertaining content and an absolute perfect technical quality. By the way, did you have a chance to play ED's 3.3 patch after release? Is the night vision identical to the version shown in the beta, i.e. making silent running a waste? My throttle is in repair at the moment, and I'm not willing to go back to mouse and keyboard, so no ED for me this week. And I can confirm that uh, the Night Vision and Elite is working just like it, Tony predicted. It totally makes gimbaled weapons uh, uh, lose track when you go into stealth, but you can still hit them with your pulse lasers really easily. It goes into fixed mode, so absolutely. And 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 thanks for the shout-out to the audio team. we got great guys on the audio team.
4: Marco writes it and says, enjoyed the podcast, thank you. As for launchers, I don't like having a plethora of different launchers, each one requiring me to sign up and register and hopefully not forgetting to unsubscribe from their newsletter. There's a wonderful open source, MIT license, tool for that, Playnite, which is at playnite.link. It bundles a couple of the most popular launchers like Steam, Origin, GOG, Battle.net, and Uplay under one hood as well as directly installed games. Using it, I see all my games in all in one place and miss the
1: advertisement stuff. That sounds cool. Interesting, that might be worth a look. About the ships in pipeline, not sure what to think of it. On the one hand, I'm happy with every new ship that's released. On the other hand, I sometimes think, what takes them so long? By now, CIG should know the challenges bringing ships from concept to flyable, so why don't we see a new ship every week? Which studios are building ships? Winslow, Austin, and LA, right? Ships like the X1, Vulture, Vulcan, Origin 100i, the MPUV, SNR, 300 Rework, Hull A and B are all designed by in-game manufacturers with what seems to me a fleshed out style guide. So what happens? One week in each department to get the design, the textures, functions, and testing, and, and then giving it to the next department. Doesn't sound too complicated for these little ones, they have a lot of staff dedicated to building ships that's what i think of as a pipeline and yes they still have bigger ships which surely take a bit more time to do perhaps i'd just like to know what each department does or accomplishes in one week what do they start monday morning with and what does it look like friday afternoon keep up the good work on your show
4: they answered some of those in that live stream specifically the hull a design hall designs are are bordered by a lot of different things that have nothing to do with the ships themselves right. so And like uh, the Vulture is in the pipeline right now, but I think some of the salvaging mechanics have to be sorted out with that ship because that is a totally different, totally different gameplay. Some of the other ones are just, it's just art resources. And so they're kind of just working their way through. Exactly why it takes so long for certain things. I don't know, I'm not a game developer, but it doesn't seem like it's, it it seems like it is an actual lot of honest work in order to get some of these, like the animations. yeah, it's you can just program it. Just
0: <laughs> program if, if you were going to listen to my comments earlier about the PTU and 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 why it wasn't ready for PTU, I, I was flying the I was flying the the uh, new 600i touring model, and um, one of the first things that happened was that the elevator uh, went up through the roof and kept going up and up and up and up <laughs> and up. I heard about that. And, but... uh, and then I was walking around and I was clipping through walls and getting stuck. And I, I, I had one, I think I have a screenshot of me with my head on one floor and my body down on below <laughs> the other floor. So, you know, this, this stuff is, uh, I, I don't know what they're doing with the ships, but uh, I, I it's not ready even for PTU specs. I mean, I, I, I think uh, in coalescing with our, our earlier discussion about how they're getting ready for, end of year and and 2019 i think they're just pushing stuff out that's not even ready to be pushed out yet uh, i gotta
4: i gotta disagree with you jeff we had this whole damn conversation when first first got on the ptu in the last patch ah. and ditched about the phoenix or whatever it was it was like the exact same bugs and then they fixed them in ptu before it went to live. It's, they have the same, every time they release a ship, they have animation bugs, people clip through floors, they fly out of hatches and crap like that. It happens with every single ship. It's all, and it's in the, it's in the testing universe too. So, oh okay. yeah. If you want, if they, they push that to the PTU and you're having those problems, then I give you a free license to bitch. But I don't think we can bitch about ships in the P.T.U.
3: H. Allen writes in and says, Feature content for non-Patreons. Tony and Brian present Cat Fights. for the first minute. $2.99 for each additional minute. Wait, you're using real cats? If the first game isn't exclusive by platform, then they'll make it exclusive by launcher. It's only good for the first few months after game release, and I don't have the, quote, needed on release mentality to make exclusivity work. I'm happy to wait for a year of bug fixes and price drops before I buy. I have EA's Origin installed for their occasional on-the-house freebies. I have Steam installed for the wishlist sale notifications. Yes, I'm a cheap bastard. Nice recap this week, Tony. I hope Crytek's lawyers watch the show so they know what to do next. Since they started, I think they've needed help. You think Crytek found their legal staff on Craigslist or Capitol Hill, D.C.? Either place. It just ain't getting done. <laughs> well, as we covered earlier, all their lawyers now work for CIG, so that's, <laughs> that's exactly sure. they did. They are
4: paying that's, out the out the nose for legal counsel. From what I think we covered a, a long time ago, right?
3: Yeah, they did hire a pretty white shoe firm. It was a Stepto Johnson. They're pretty. They're yeah. I'm a I'm a broken down single practitioner, solo practitioner from Kansas, and even I've heard of Steptoe Johnson. So that means they're they're, you know, they're they're pretty high power. So uh, you know, it's they they've hired good legal counsel, but I think their problem is the facts they need are all on the other side of the table now. Uh, so, we'll see what happens. Oh, and by the way, no cats were harmed in the making of this production.
2: I don't know. Kin like
3: Shadow are we didn't sure say ba- that.
0: Are we sure about that? Because Brian took off That's after right. his cat like, like <laughs> a bad I did. remember oh, specifically, I my, my cat won't <laughs> stop moving. I'll be back.
2: And he's just, I'm going to get <laughs> it.
4: I did, I did kick my cat in the ass, but he deserves it. He's kind
2: of an ass. But did it stop moving? Like, well, if I just put him outside the door. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, well, uh, that all happened off-camera, so we had deniability until you said true. something. So, that's there's true. that. It there, didn't there technically go there.
2: happen on the show, though. <laughs> it happened off-screen. Off that's true. And we didn't even hear audio. That's So, it's still all hearsay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, the cat's dead. Well, now it's, okay. I mean... Now, it's now like, it, it was Strunger's <laughs> cat. Yeah. Jeff, now, Jeff, Jeff say this. Only
0: one cat was harmed in the making of this episode, and he was an asshole. so who cares? Sean <laughs> Newboy writes in and says, Wonderful show, everyone. Say it with me. Orbital elevators. Although the sled launch ramp idea is good as well. As to last week's feedback, I think you guys should read that one part more carefully. Formatting is not one of my fortes. It should be three lines with specific words at the start of each line, meant to be noticed, read by one person in particular. I will use whatever launcher gives me the game.
1: You know, I think uh, Sean mentioned the orbital elevators, which I believe, Jeff, you you actually encountered in the 600i <laughs> Touring edition. Yes,
0: I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I... I I mean, I rode that thing up. For, I wanted to see how far it would go, and then I and it's funny because I could click the button and go back down to the. Well, l- look uh, at that. <laughs>
2: We're feature complete after all. Release Star Citizen. We have orbital elevators. Well, I
3: just want to point out the fact that they had the feature in when before Sean Newboy asked for it. I mean, that's yeah. that's a whole other level. It took me years to get many jump points in the game.
1: But yeah, precognitive-based games. Yeah. It's this a is, whole new... I, I'm amazed. In all
0: fairness, though, if I if I were to ride this up from the distance from the ground uh, to uh, um, the atmosphere where things... It would take forever. This thing was slower than... than oh. Yeah. Slower than ever. No, everything. no, that's no yeah. that good then. Well, you
2: yeah, can always okay, take a nap fine. on the ride up, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. All right, what was Sean
4: Newboy's feedback last week? Do we have that stored?
3: Well, so so I, I decoded this. I went, I went back and actually decoded this, and it, I think something was lost in the f- translation for formatting, either during, during the email or during the uh, uh, website submission process. But I think the intention was for the first letter of each line of the feedback read out, no man's mm. sky. So, oh, he said the, the bar was set sky high, and in this man's uh, opinion, <laughs> so I think, so I'm pretty sure that if that if that all lined up, Hashtag again, probably not Sean Shift. Newboy's fault. Yeah. Well. Yes. And then, uh, well, it, I, I think it probably was an artifact of, of the web submission process mm. or, or something. So, or it could be Schiff's fault. We could blame Schiff. Hashtag Sean
0: Newboy's a dirty dog. Ken from Chicago writes
2: in Hashtag Jeff is right If we have autonomous drones today That can fly, land, and take off Autonomously 30th century hashtag star citizen spaceships Should have at least a basic Autopilot that can do takeoffs As well as landings Even if only very slowly Hashtag robot logic And then it looks like a robot emoji And a rocket that is a slightly better rendering of a rocket than Kinshadow does on our game night. <laughs> Mine are bigger. His are bigger, and I've never seen a floppy rocket until till Kinshadow started dropping them or drawing them. <laughs> Maybe
3: that's our it's alien show title. design.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a floppy rocket?
3: A floppy Drop your rocket? Something
4: <laughs> <rocket. laughs> wrong with the rocket, damn it. Uh... Kane Hart writes in and says, We have cars that can drive hundreds of kilometers on their own and turn right and left and not bump into other cars that have zero special sensors on them to work in a uniformed grid, etc. Automation, oddly enough, is sometimes light years to game lore slash calendar year, lol. I don't know, most of those cars I can do automated driving have special sensors on them, but... But I guess no, he's I'm, saying
1: it won't bump into cars that
0: don't have the sensors. Oh, so like right, it can navigate around conventional yeah, 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 cars.
1: Right,
3: sure. So, so Jeff could have a docking computer on his big ship. Yeah. You know,
0: well, I, again. you know, almost every game has some type of docking system, and and I, and I experienced it with uh, 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 when I went to Hurst H uh, Five. Um, again, they wanted to stick this six hundred I frontways into this docking bay. Which means that um, to launch, I had to take my large ass and back it out. <laughs>
4: I'm sorry, Jeff. Did you have to
0: back that ass up? Yeah, he did.
4: And, <laughs> he and,
0: did and, indeed. And again, it got stuck in the in the thing because it, there's just I, I don't I don't get what they what they're thinking here
3: again, you know, if, if Sean Newboy can get orbital elevators before he asks for them, and it takes me years to get many jump points after I ask for them, I think your, uh, landing system is probably going to should be months, right? I mean, we should see it middle of next year. Sure. I would think, uh, I, I think so. Happy media.
2: To, to be fair about that argument, uh, Ken from Chicago, or, uh, Sean Newboy got his stuff right away, but he probably wrote them once a week. That is probably nice. true, yes. given yes. Sean nice. As we have yes. multiple
4: people mm-hmm. here yes. in feedback Consistent. asking for the same thing, <clears throat> you guys should write a submission on the on the SIG forums and then upvote that submission so that <laughs> you guys get more visibility on it.
3: Is that brigading? Are we allowed to do that? Yes, I think Can we are technically allowed to do that. Can we advocate for that? that? Yes. Yes. Okay, no, all right, let's legal. do that then. Go ahead, I'm a, brigade that. In brigade my, I'm a there
4: space lawyer, certified by the space bar.
2: I've seen Netflix before. I also am qualified to give legal advice. I mean, not Netflix, YouTube. I'm screwing everything up today. YouTube. I saw YouTube once. I can give uh, legal advice now.
1: Netflix counts as long as you watch Daredevil. Because that's that's cutting edge jurisprudence right there. I
4: watched Night Court. Thank you very much.
1: Night Court. Perfect.
3: Benny Urah writes in and says, Platforms and stores could influence my purchase decisions. While I haven't yet listened to the show, I suspect you're talking about Rebel Galaxy Online or Outlaw, being an Epic store exclusive for the next year. In this case, I'll probably buy RGO immediately on release. Why is that, you ask? It does seem that you need to run Epic's launcher to download a new game you've bought on the store. While not as nice as GOG's just buy and download from the web store approach, at least you don't need the launcher to run the game. Which is way better than the annoying dance I have with Oculus and Steam, where they have to start, then I gotta wait for an update that, in Oculus's case, may fail on three or four tries with reboots, and then I finally get to click through the sale page to finally run the game. So, yeah, Epic's launcher strategy is an improvement. RGO looks pretty awesome.
1: And on that note, Epic seems to be doing something good here with the store dev split percentages. While I'd prefer that RGO be released on GOG, Steam, and Epic all in the same week, I can understand how Epic needs something more than Fortnite if they're going to get traction with a new store. I just hope Double Damage got a sweet deal out of it, because they seem to be catching some flack for it. Are you happy with where your ships are in the pipeline? Yup. Enough said.
2: (laughs) After turning the question over in my mind for a few minutes, the only discontent I could dredge up would be on the Idris, if I owned one. But I don't. Seems silly that it's being held back for Squadron Forty Two spoilers. I watched Teller's walkthrough and kept seeing rooms we've already seen in things like Christmas Squadron Forty Two vertical slice. Unless Teller's macabre cargo hold decorations were the spoilers.
4: Yeah, I'm 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 a little I don't know if I bitched on the podcast about it, but I'm 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 a little salty about the Idris being held back for spoilers as well. Um, the there is there is one excuse they have. They haven't finished the torpedo room apparently. So there is, like, one part of the ship that apparently you don't, I guess, maybe you don't go in inside Squadron 42, um, but it's not it's not done yet. But otherwise, the ship— The rockets are probably floppy.
2: <laughs> floppy torpedoes. <laughs> there you go. Is the space elevator installed and working?
4: Um, I don't see there's any—I don't know there's any elevators in the entire ship, actually. Oh, wait, no, there's boarding elevator There's a ramp. I don't know if there's elevators. I don't know. Um, they, they He had door animations, so the door animations are there. But he but Tyler went through the little ship and, and like like Ben Ura said, the it's it's all the same stuff we've seen we saw a year ago, right? There's no reason for them to not at least let us walk around the damn ship in the in the expo hall.
2: Yeah, if we've seen That's it, it makes no sense.
0: In general feedback, Weircho writes in and says, Thanks for another great show. I do have a complaint with the RPG segment though. Did anyone ever eat the sandwiches? What kind were they? Were they any good? Did Red get to level up his sandwich making stat? You left the most important questions unanswered. They were actually—I ate the sandwich. It was lard and pickles, <laughs> um,
2: and salt, and that was it. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Sean's clone is not a good cook—not at all. I forgot well, his name. You
3: guys made the sandwiches.
2: No, I think he Red. took us to the kitchen.
3: Yeah, well, but but you—you I mean, left you your own devices. Remember, yeah, you quit. made sandwiches. He, for he quit. Everybody. He resigned. Oh,
2: <laughs> I don't know what the hell they were, honestly.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, well, but I, I, I think you guys kept trying to offer people sandwiches, but I'm not sure anybody except Red ever ate one.
2: I'm pretty sure I'd have ate mine if I had a sandwich oh, yeah. and I was standing was like in a hall I, waiting so Red for and a guy. Ale ate them. I'd have eaten yeah. it. So, yeah,
3: Red and Ale ate them for sure. I think we're pretty sure for that, but but uh, maybe nobody else did. So there may be some sandwiches still stuck in those police Vipers' uh, cargo holds. They were just, space sandwiches, just,
4: just rotting in that vacuum.
3: Um, yeah
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah no I think my character pretty much only eats whiskey
3: so <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because red wears it
0: yeah what do you know so okay. do you is that in, in gelatin form or is that in in like more of like a, a hard uh like uh candy uh, so you can suck on it uh form I'm just kind of the sandwich no no the, the whiskey you know uh, I, I'm just I'm just I'm envisioning uh, uh, jiggly whiskey cubes that that oh um, never mind. It, <laughs> that
3: could be useful in zero G, but there's the it there was a low gravity environment and Red got a little klutzy and spilled it on himself early in the adventure. So it's all liquid form. It's all it's all liquid. It's uh, which may be a safety uh, concern. We'll have to address that in the next show. Stephen Hunter UK writes in and says, "How can I join the RPG?" Well, you can ask and then wait. Probably literally months, and if uh, if we've got a spot in one of the next shows, I'll put you on the list of uh, potential uh, players. Uh, but we just started, we just recorded our next beginning session uh, about a week or so ago. And so when we come back, we'll start with the new adventure uh, with uh, Akrosi. Akrosi, who I'm sure you all are familiar with from the feedback segment, uh, will, be, will be joining us as our fourth player. Uh, Red Barnes is off doing his own adventure uh, for now. And uh, But so, of course, he will come in for our third adventure, and we'll play that through over the next few months. And uh, then we'll start another one. Uh, and I'm going to go on and read the next one, too, because it's Commander Richard Campbell who tweeted us a picture of his gorgeously, uh, immaculately outfitted Imperial Cutter. Uh, the Cutter, Rannoch Moore, parked at Denver Station in the NC System, home to at Guard Freak. Enjoying the part, uh, enjoying the podcast. Enjoying the podcast, guys. This is what he actually wrote, not podcasts, like I said. That was, that was a very pretty picture. It was. It was. It was very nice. It, it, had uh, the it, the new lighting system is kind of amazing. Uh, so it, it was a picture of the interior of the station, and he backed the camera off so you could see the interior curve of the Coriolis uh, dock, and had his, uh, uh, li- his his gleaming white uh, cutter uh, parked on one of the large pads there. It was very spectacular.
1: Very cool use of the kit on that, too. I can never do anything I like with the kits. So like, it just doesn't come out the way I want it. But that looks really good. It, it,
3: is, it's a, it is a unique uh, profile silhouette for the cutter, that's for sure.
1: Peter Watherspoon replied, That's a link between guard frequency response and the Hutton orbital truckers because, of course, Shahalion on Rannoch Moor is where Charles Hutton calculated the mass of the Earth using plumb lines and the calculable mass of the mountain." Hashtag unlikely connections.
3: That is extremely specific, but I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it because
1: it's I'm for I'm impressed. Some, it's for some. I'm not even going to look it up. I'm going to assume that's true, and I think it's great. It, do, it doesn't uh, matter. I'm going to tell people at parties that.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, uh, guys, it's on the internet, so it must be true because we're on true, the internet. True. The Google Drive stuff is on the internet. He wrote that to us on the internet. It's on the internet. It must be true. Like a YouTube lawyer. <laughs>
0: And a new Patreon this week? None. But Shiv discovered a non-zero amount of people that still need patches. Missing them? Send us a note. We'll make sure they're on their way. Or send them out, or airmail them, or drop them by stork, or some other method.
3: We'll put them in the back of that, uh, that ship that isn't supposed to carry cargo in Star Citizen. We'll send them to you that way. Uh, what, what should you we can't, do for this man. There's no,
2: there's no hardware to hook them.
3: They're right. There's no cargo there. And this week's community questions. Throw a dart at the Squadron 42 release date dartboard. Tell us where it lands. All right. Is there even a dartboard? What's your favorite part of the new Elite patch? And what games are you looking forward to playing in 2019? And otherwise, how is the show? Have we covered our tracks with offshore shell companies? Or are the Swiss bankers dropping a dime on us to the G-Men? Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website and over on our Facebook page.
0: And that brings us to the end of episode 242 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 243 on January 8th, 2019. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority
4: One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster our artist and master web-slinger, Ben Sanders, our elite contributor, Baxter, and, of course, our audio engineers, Mikey, Lennon, and Bill
3: Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely.
1: Reduce thrust. <laughs>
4: Seven, seven, zero, zero. You can even say I, that. I, I, I'll say it during the thingy, during the flight deck. Right. Okay. Yes, that's what you'll do. After that, we continue our audio adventure. My cat won't stop moving. Stop it. After that, we continue our audio adventure. Guard frequency origins with a satisfying ending to this. She's gonna f- kill it. I'm gonna f- kill it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, that automatically makes it into the blooper, uh, blooper reel. Not only because he gets to bleep it, but because he's talking about murdering a feline, which is always. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 <laughs>